welcome to Love, Hate, Automate, a podcast where digital dreams dress tomorrow's reality. I'm your host, Dale Park, and together we're diving into the vibrant world of digital fashion. Now, I'd like to welcome our guest for today's show. Sean is ex-Burberry, ex-Adidas, and an incredibly talented digital creator. Welcome to the show, Sean. Hi, Dale. How are you? Really well, thank you. Good. Today. Yeah, me too. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, yeah, if you want to just go ahead and, and tell us about your career experience and your knowledge of uh, digital product creation. Yeah, sure. So, hello, everyone. I'm Sean. I'm a freelance digital apparel creator and a little side hustle as a digital fashion lecturer as well. I've worked in the digital space for the last 12 years. More importantly, in 3D, namely Clo3D, for the last seven years. Before venturing out into freelance work, I had the pleasure and the pain of being involved in digital transformation within luxury fashion and sportswear brands Burberry and Adidas, implementing 3D technology within the brands for both communication and production purposes. Incredible. You're, I can't wait for this conversation to develop. This is this is wonderful. But yeah, I suppose we're going to go into your love hate automate in a second. But it's probably best to explain to the audience as this, this is episode one what what it means, right? So I'll give you I'll introduce myself and then we'll talk about love hate automate. So I myself have been leading fashion businesses since two thousand seven. This includes omnichannel retail and wholesale in both sneakers and apparel. I've also held the role of head of fashion for a Unity gaming studio. So I've experienced the kind of fashion trade from, from a holistic perspective in almost every, every aspect. And over the last two years, I've been having intimate conversations with my network of thought leaders uh, about the pleasures and the pains um, in this era of innovation. And so that's where this topic of love-hate automate um, came from because there was some strong and sometimes polarizing opinions on what's what's good and bad about our experiences so first of all love here we spotlight the latest and most exciting developments in digital fashion you know this can be anything from from um, virtual runways to ai generated designs we explore what's what's capturing the hearts and minds in the digital realm and then we have hate uh, this segment tackles the challenges and controversies. You know, we're not going to shy away from discussing the glitches and the hiccups in digital fashion. It's all about understanding and overcoming the hurdles that pave the way for innovation. And then finally, automate. Now, this is where we add kind of foresighting, using insights from industry experts and, and trend analysis. Um, we'll set out to try and forecast what is next. We'll talk about emerging tech and how they are set to revolutionize our digital wardrobes. But actually, what's super important is to hear this from the creator's perspective. You know, what daily tasks are the heart sinkers? What tools are we missing? Uh, And what do we need to further improve our production pipelines? So before we ask Sean about his, his love, uh, I would just like to share some news. Um, so I'd like to share some news from the Psyche Collective. 
Uh, but before we dive in, just for tra- transparency, uh, for the past six months, I've had an incredible opportunity to work alongside Felipe Fialo, a true icon in footwear design, and a key figure in the Psyche's inaugural collective, and had the pleasure of collaborating with a talented team, including Alice Delahunt, Roxanne, and Rachel particularly. And that journey of inspiration and innovation was 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 wonderful. And this week, they've set the headlines buzzing in the digital fashion world by announcing um, the appointment of Nicola Formanchetti, a titan of creativity. He's been appointed as artistic director. Um, you know, his resume speaks volumes, an award-winning fashion designer, creative director, stylist, and editor. Um, you know, his, he's, the, he's the visionary behind some of the most iconic cultural moments particularly the unforgettable meat dress and other groundbreaking visual campaigns for Lady Gaga. Now, Nicola's appointment is more than just a headline, I think. Um, It's a statement about the future of digital fashion. Um, His creativity knows no bounds. His vision has consistently transcended traditional fashion norms. And with Nicola at at the helm, we can only begin to imagine... Uh, the revolutionary designs and digital experience that await us. You know, it's going to be fascinating to see the interplay between his creativity, the technologies, and the innovation. Um, so, yeah, that's really, really significant, I think. So, um, Sean, now we let's talk about love, first of all. Okay. Um, I know in the past or in our recent conversations, you've spoken about a love for endless possibilities. Mm-hmm. Is that still where you're at in terms of uh, your thought process or is that developed? Um, it's, it is still where I'm at. I mean, as we know, it's this kind of new technology and new way of working is still for a lot of people and a lot of brands very much in its early stages of adoption. So the question of, will it seamlessly mold into existing processes uh, and of like garment design and production life cycle or will it completely turn it on its head and change the way we work going forward forever bringing about totally new processes industry standards industry job descriptions uh, across the board and I find the unknown of it both terrifying and exciting all at the same time but I'm I feel really proud and honored to be a tiny part of the digital revolution of the industry I think my kind of biggest you've kind of been in this world for kind of eight plus years haven't you and you still see it in in the context of being very nascent yeah because I still well from what what I'm aware of I don't think there's any brand yet who's necessarily fully nailed the the process. Yes, there's brands that have had certain wins uh, over others. Um, let's say Hugo Boss. Um, they have and the PVH um, umbrella. They've had great successes, um, but they have a very drastically different product range to somewhere like Burberry let's say who will create more complex more kind of seasonal different things so 
it's a really difficult thing to say that it's fully landed mm-hmm. in the industry across the board because there's so many different there's so many different things that need to be addressed in and in each different kind of product category and product offering so on the ground uh, as a as a creator and part of digital teams um how's the transition been over recent times um how have staff adapted to moving from perhaps you know digitized 2d tech packs to three 3d models or even going back further you know sketching 2d sketches to then digital tech packs to then 3d modeling like what what kind of experiences have you had yeah i I mean from what you've said i find it really interesting to think that at some point in the past this happened when you know illustrator came about and it became the norm to create technical flat drawings in illustrator rather than being hand drawn so this would have been happening you know when when that came about when everyone's like oh god i've got to learn a new software i've got to completely change the way i work so um but it it happened people managed it so i've no doubt and i'm confident that it can be done again in a 3d sense but to go to your question the um the adoption is is um sometimes people are so willing and really really passionate and really dedicated and really excited for it however some people are less so so it's very difficult to do that kind of change management um with with people who who go from can't wait to do it to absolutely don't want to do it never (laughs) sort of thing so yeah it's really really difficult to get people sometimes to 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 get them inspired by it yeah i think uh i think if you can demonstrate to your teams or your staff that there's a there's a core business problem you're trying to solve mm-hmm. and there's a method there's a methodology and a plan in which to do that i think most people will kind of like you know completely get on board with the yeah. agenda i think sometimes if it's just imposed um without that kind of level of of like readiness or preparedness yeah. then it just generates kind of resistance doesn't it yeah so i think absolutely. you're right i think it does come down to the preparation of change management and actually just having a having a just cause for yeah. it because if you improve the workflow of your team or if you give them more time to be creative um then hopefully that's received yeah in the right way i think as well another thing is that i've found isn't really happening so far or from my experience isn't happening so far it's it's almost like this change is coming it's being demanded however it's not really being the the time to change isn't being given to the people who Mm -hmm. are required to change so for example you're a designer you now need to learn a totally new software not only a totally new software but a totally new way of creating and you have to do 10% of your range in 3D by, you know, next year. Mm-hmm. But they've also got their other 80% of their range in 2D still. So 
their workload isn't being reduced in a sense of how many styles they've got to do. In fact, their workload's being massively increased because not only have they still got 100% of their styles to do, 10% of that has to be done in a way that is completely alien to them. So there isn't that sort of change management where it's like, okay, we need to reassess like who's taking on what and who's doing the 3D transformation like aside from their main job, not as part of their main job, because it's they need time to learn to be able to achieve the targets that these brands are going to be implementing on them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Well, it sounds like we've moved on to hate already, even though this was the, the lower what? part of the conversation. <laughs> but I do love 3D, I'm just going to say. <laughs> so uh, on that, well, let's let's move into the hate. So, yeah. you know, um, traditional practices. Yes. What, what's, your, what's, your, what's your view here? You know, I know that, you know, your, what, is your, what is your perspective about, the craft and the artisanal side of fashion and how that kind of intersects with with the tools that we're talking about yeah so um i mean obviously you can't have love without hate and i have a very love hate <laughs> relationship with technology and more the direction it seems to be taking at times so like you say the idea that it would ever replace traditional creative practices really upsets me and of course we should be embracing any of advancements in technology that are going to make working practices more efficient or help to further inspire designers however i really draw the line at anything that eliminates the creativity and craftsmanship that's necessary for creating beautiful products yeah um i feel that, that there's this culture of like constant improvement and digitizing and if we're not improving then we're failing whereas my take on it is of course we need advancement we need to uh, improve things it's important but it's also important like i say to take the time and create the space to get that advancement right before running Mm -hmm. off to the next thing Mm -hmm. for example like i say the 3d or the kind of digitizing of the design and development process isn't maybe where it should be, but yet we're all running off to what can AI do? What can this do? And and it's like, it's almost like we're neglecting getting this bit right because something else shiny and new has come along. So um, it might be my digital existential anxiety brain <laughs> being worried, but um like foreseeing a fashion industry that's a result of some vapid societal trend buzzwords being fed into an AI learning platform that spits out a version of a collection and the human engagement part is completely taken away. And like, it sounds dramatic, but it also sounds completely, it doesn't sound completely unfeasible, right? Well, no, it doesn't. You're you're totally right. There has to be human intention, and these tools have to be there to to, you know, somehow enhance the creative process. Mm -hmm. You know, like like AI. From my experience, when I was in the gaming gaming industry, is that it was a product discovery tool. It was interesting to allow the AI and, and the prompt structures to kind of take product design to 
places you would never naturally go and then yeah. you have to work out how that's relevant to your to your market to your audience to to the to the you know the cultural themes that are important during this particular time um so it's there as from it should always be there as a complementary yeah you know tool rather than anything that actually controls the narrative or you know designs entire entire collections i just don't i think that's crazy yeah. um you're right an ai is working basically on a on a data set that is captures the you know the, the past and the yeah. biases mm-hmm. of the past and the and the things that maybe we we don't want to bring forward to to our you know to future possibilities yeah so it does have to be used really really carefully yeah so like bottom line i would say improve efficiency and the industry's environmental responsibility sure but don't yeah. replace human creativity please <laughs> yeah exactly it, it comes back again doesn't it to execs thinking that these tools have the answers without yeah. really thinking about um and what's the business case mm. you know how how do we how do we get the outcomes we need how do we solve the inefficiencies we need how do we overcome those pain points that we have what technology will do it um i think sometimes and I'm, I may I may be off the mark, but it feels like people choose the tech before diagnosing the problem. Yeah, and then they try and squeeze it in. Yeah, massively. <laughs> okay, so uh, so automate. Okay, over to so, you. <clears throat> automation. I would love to see a connect more of a connectivity between 2d imagery and 3d software so as we know there's already a platform where put in a 2d technical drawing or sketch and you can use ai to generate a photorealistic version of that garment Mm -hmm. which yes okay it creates a lovely visual but in terms of actual how much that's going to help the design and development production or the product life cycle, I don't see the benefit necessarily. What I would prefer to see or like to see would be an autom- automation where AI technology bridges the gap more between the 2D sketch and the 3D production file. Mm-hmm. So let's say you input a 2D technical drawing and then AI is used to generate suggestions on base patterns, reference patterns, appropriate fabric qualities, existing trims, all from a brand's digital asset library, nice. influenced by a brand's reporting on what sold well previously. Yeah. And so it eliminates the manual searching through files and historic archives to find information because it's brought to the fore for you and then frees up time for the creation and development teams to actually create and develop. And who doesn't want to be able to just get on with their job without having to do all the manual boring stuff? Yeah, exactly. So would that include kind of, um, would that include like trims and things, you know, material components, service decorations that are perhaps on excess inventory that they could potentially be like repurposed? Into, into yeah. a new design yeah that i mean that also could well, that's a great idea <laughs> like using kind of excess 
um, stock or historic stock that they've got, if that's all in the system and that is suitable to whatever this 2D sketch is, that would mm. be amazing because then that, I mean, it's an amazing idea because then that uses up any historic things that are just lying around taking up space when they could be used to create more product that's rather than just being wasted and thrown away yeah so it's that it's that harmony it's that, that data mapping between 2d to 3d but then also using specific data mm-hmm. around f- for that particular organization yeah to make predictive suggestions to speed up the process of selecting kind of like material choices yeah, yeah. for, for the, that particular collection and like patterns Those as well types, you know yeah. going through that being able to automatically go through the pattern archive mm-hmm. and suggesting base patterns or you know reference patterns or something like that base shapes that would be suitable either as a starting point for the pattern and development teams because from my experience of where Chloe is being used by designers it's like okay but what are we expecting designers to be are we expecting them to be creative product designers or are we expecting them to be 3d technical knowledge knowledgeable people on 3d technical practices because that at the moment is like yes sure some people will love to design in 3d but some people won't be technically as technically minded so that where does all that sit yeah i can imagine there's so say you've got a reference pattern in 2d and then you're expected to recreate that in 3d that's actually quite a big ask yeah or even if you know you're you're trying to design something completely new that's an even bigger ask because from a creative designer's perspective, they might not have their pattern knowledge may be fairly minimal. So they're going to be expected to create something from nothing. But yet they don't have all of this technical pattern knowledge that is needed to mm. draft a pattern in Clo, arrange it, sew it know all of the things about particle distance and mesh and you know all those different kind of 3d specific things that you need to know what are we expecting our future designers to be are they expected to still be fashion designers or are they expected to be 3d designers it's almost like a, a merging of the two disciplines yeah but probably... is that necessary? Mm. I, I, and this um, automation between 2D and yeah. 3D is where I see we, al- we allow the designers the space to still create in 2D if they want to, because we can't say right from now on the, fa- the fashion design community can only design in 3D because it may, it may not suit some people. So if there's a connection between 2D and 3D, it allows designers to still create in 2D, but then it helps the kind of 3D, um, the kind of 3D interpretation of that sketch to be realized a lot more quickly. 
Nice. That sounds like a really, really useful automation. Thank you very much, Sean, for that insight. No problem. Well, that's that's the wrap. Um, you know, the purpose of this podcast is to be kind of short, bite-sized, informative content, like listening to the perspectives of expert creators. So, uh, so that that's it for Love Hate Automate this week. But before we go, Sean, how can our audience kind of you know reach you and follow your 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 activities? So um, I am uh, work with technology, but I'm actually, like I say, a bit of a technophobe in terms of I don't really have much social media. But apart from uh, LinkedIn, so my name is Sean Denham. Uh, I'm a freelance digital apparel creator. Find me on LinkedIn. I would be happy to catch up, have conversations, share my portfolio and experiences and see if any projects can come of it, any collaborations or anything like that. And I am working on my website, want to get some blender and substance things in there, but need to learn those first. And uh, yeah, so that will be coming. Excellent. Excellent. But equally, uh, the audience can uh, welcome to contact me on LinkedIn just by searching Dale Parr. So just to, just to finish, whether you're a creator, a builder, or a player in the digital world, you know, try and have fun and enjoy being at the frontier of this technology that is definitely changing the future. So thank you very much, and we'll see you on the next episode of Love, Hate, Automate.